Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast. We are back. Episode 14. We are back. The 49ers are back. The Giants are out. Um, Warriors basketball is back. So the Bay Area has some other good things going on. Leo, haven't talked to you since the Giants lost. Are you okay? Really? Like you just had to start that off with just, Giants loss? Really? Listen, we're recording this on a Tuesday morning, right? Rob is probably <sighs> like, what? What's going on? But I just got the news that Aaron Boone will be back as a Yankee manager. So if I have to feel pain this morning, <laughs> you have to feel pain this morning. How are you feeling after the Giants loss, which ended on probably the worst call I've ever seen? Worst call. You know, Giants had their opportunities, but they, you know, they didn't basically thrive on those opportunities. Couldn't hit with guys in scoring position. Yeah, you know, yes, he didn't side. swing, but, you know, there, there's other factors to why they lost. Uh, but hey, yeah. like Dodgers are 0-2 at this point. Seahawks are in last place. Life is still good. Life is amazing right now. Well, uh, life will be much better on Sunday if the Niners can get off this losing skid. Niners are two and three going up against the Indianapolis Colts, who are coming in at two and four. Um, The Niners have two wins this season. Both have come against teams that are collectively two and ten. The uh, Colts also have two wins against teams that are two and ten. So someone's got to give here. Somebody's got to do something. Um, Indy's coming in hot after a really good performance. Even even in the loss against the Ravens, they played fairly well. And then they lost this. They won this week against the tech, the Texans, who aren't very good at all. But Jonathan Taylor continues to thrive in that offense. Quentin Nelson should return. And then the return of the prodigal son, DeForest Buckner. See, like what makes me nervous is when you do have two talented teams, 49ers are talented and so are the Colts. Look at that defense, DeForest Buckner on the front line, Darius Leonard at linebacker. And then they have Julian Blackman, who I was really fond of coming in the draft. So they have literally all three levels of talented players. That's just on the defense Um, offense, T.Y. Hilton back. Um, They have that, that, that running back. Why am I blaming Jonathan Taylor? Jonathan Taylor. Um, and then Carson Wentz is, you know, Carson is Carson at that point. So they do. This is a talented Colts team. So when you give a, a, a talented Colts team confidence, that's what makes me nervous. Because instead of coming into this game facing an zero and three Colts team, they're two and one. Could have been three and zero if they didn't blow that lead against Baltimore. But Lamar Jackson, you know, he he's he's an MVP candidate. And the 49ers flipped that script from starting 2-0 to now 0-3. So who's hot? Who has the confidence? 49ers, like, we don't even know who the quarterback is. I'm sure the players may know. Maybe maybe by tomorrow we'll see. But it's who looks like they have their, excuse me, Rob, together. And look who doesn't have their shit together. And right now it looks, looks like the edges of the Colts. I hope it doesn't go that way for game day, though. Yeah, I hope not. I hope the 49ers do come out and win this game. One, selfishly, because I will be in attendance. And two, uh, the Niners just need to keep somewhat of a lead on the Seattle Seahawks, who fell to two and four after losing to the Steelers on Sunday. Uh, the Seahawks are a shell themselves without Russell Russell Wilson. Um, but the Niners need to take advantage of that opportunity and hope, hope and hold on to a potential wild card spot. It is early in the season, so the Niners are only a half game out of that final wild card spot. So let's try to maintain that. Um, at the very least, the division seems to be out of reach at this point um, for this team, the way the Cardinals and the Rams are playing. So the Niners need to stay above 500 and continue to, um, you know, just progress to find an identity. I think that's the biggest thing. 
this week for the 49ers is to find an identity. The uh, 49ers still have three touchdowns in the first half of games on the season. That is unacceptable, right? But conversely, the Colts aren't that much better. They have five in the first half this season. So they, they also start slow, but they finish stronger in the second half with how they score. Um, this game, all signs are pointing back to Jimmy Garoppolo being the quarterback this week, which is fine. Absolutely fine. Whatever. Whatever you want to do, Kyle, if that's the, if that's what the train you want to hit your wagon, you want to hit your wagon to, it's understandable. And I think part of the reason it's understandable is because this team currently has constructed is not built for Trey Lance. It's not. Right. I think we can have that discussion and, and be quite honest about it. I think the biggest difference is this offensive line is uh, more used to and prepared for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, spoke to Adam Snyder a couple of weeks ago and asked him about the Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith situation when they switched. He said Colin was there a whole year. Right. And they could prepare for his ability and mobility through camp and through practices and things like that. The Niners are still working the kinks out with that situation at least with Jimmy Garoppolo, these guys and all in the offensive line know right or wrong, Jimmy's going to get rid of the ball in under three seconds. Like that's going to happen. So these guys aren't going to get these holding calls. These guys aren't going to run themselves into the quarterback um, because his setup point is at that seven, eight yard mark like Joe Staley had brought up. Now going against the defensive line for the Colts, uh, I'm not certain if Quiddy Pay is back this week, but they still have to force Buckner. They still have really good players. So this offensive line needs to perform better. They need to create holes for this run game to get going. And by identity, I mean, let's get back to running the football. You have Trey Sermon healthy. You have uh, Jim Michael Hasty. He's, he's back uh, from IR, I believe it is. Um, he'll be back this week, hopefully. And then Elijah Mitchell. So you have your stable running backs for the most part all the way back. You need to be able to run the ball against this team. Run away from DeForest Buckner. You know, use your outside zone. Get those things going again because... Without this run game, this offense does not does not work. And I, this is start. This is where I start to question Kyle Shanahan. Do you have any other pitches in your bag? How dependent are you on this outside zone? Why is it so necessary for you to run this? It reminds me of remember when Jet McKinnon was signed, and if anyone paid attention that year, after he was hurt, Matt Mayoka kept bringing up the fact that Kyle had to scrap a whole bunch of stuff from the playbook, and the offense never really got going. Regard, you know, obviously, um, obviously Nick Mullins and, and CJ Beathard, you know, took up, what was it, 13 starts that year. But even in those first three games, the offense wasn't as good as it could have been had they figured out the run game. And now the Niners are in the same situation with Mostert. There is no Mostert. So your run game is affected. And a lot of stuff that is ran off of Mostert isn't being able to be ran now. So I just have a question with Kyle. It's like, hey, do you not have any other pitches in your bag? Like, what are you doing? Why can't you adjust? Your your offense should not be so dependent on one player. And if that's dependent on, on Raheem Mostert, I'm starting to question your genius. You said it, run game, run game, run game. Even with Trey Lance in at quarterback, the 49ers are near the bottom in rushing attempts per game. Yes, they did have a bye, Um but it's still, even if they don't have a bye, they're still going to be in the bottom of half of rushing attempts per game. We go back to 2019 because that was the last winning season that we could at least focus on under a head coach Kyle Shanahan team. Um, not that we you know, want to make these the, the parallel uh, examples, but what were the 49ers then? 
a, a power rushing team, a finesse rushing team, get the ball 40 times uh, on the ground per game, yet they're near the bottom of the league in rushing attempts, and that's even with having Trey Lance, who ran the ball himself for 16 times in a game. They need to figure this out, run the ball a whole lot more. I have an idea. Maybe you don't go down or in the first half and just put up seven points. Maybe that'll allow you to rush the ball more in the third and fourth quarter. That, that's just a crazy idea that I have. Um, as well as it, running the ball is, is just isn't because it's the flow of the offense. Yes, that's the biggest thing. But it's also keeping the, the time clock away from the opposing quarterback. It's giving your defense when, when you could act, have game clock and live clock on your side of the ball. You're, now your defense is getting the breather. They're able to go out there full throttle. And we've seen what they can do when they're at full throttle. Russell Wilson, five straight three and outs to open up the half. Kyler Murray, three three and outs and 17 total points. Look what he just did to the Cleveland Browns. Put up another 30-pointer over there. Um, so this defense is holding their last two games are looking really, really good at holding these offenses. Yes, they didn't finish the do- job against Russell Wilson, and they put up 28 points in total. But look, the offense didn't really help them out much. They were on the field a whole bunch. And then when you give Russell Wilson more and more opportunities, eventually he's going to figure it out. So um, how I look at it is you're you're in the bottom third in rushing attempts in the NFL. Run the ball. More Trey Sermon, more Elijah Mitchell. Um, I, I necessarily don't want to see Trey Lance if it's an injury thing because he didn't, he didn't practice at all Monday. So if it's an injury thing, I don't want to see him out there on game day, protect your future. A knee, a knee is a big, is a big concern. Um, so protect your future. Don't have Trey Lance out there. And, and part of that reason why is the Colts held Lamar Jackson very, very well in read options on their Monday night matchup uh, a little over a week ago. So if the Colts were holding Lamar Jackson pretty well, what do you think they're going to do with with Trey Lance? Probably hold him and contain him pretty freaking well. So don't no Trey Lance this game. Just go Jimmy Garoppolo. Let him get in rhythm. I say let's go Jimmy Garoppolo because that's what the signs are pointing to. It's not my preference, but that's what the signs are pointing to. So if they do go Jimmy Garoppolo, let's let's keep him in game, keep him in rhythm. The the Colts, once again, hold read options very well, so I don't think you're going to have an edge or an advantage when Trey Lance is there because when he is and if he was in there, he's probably running the ball because that's what we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo's starts when Trey Lance comes in just, you know, mid-sequence. Um, it, it it just – this is what I mean is, like, the, the quarterback position is not figured out yet. And we're com- we're coming into week seven now. It's got to be figured out at this point. If you go Jimmy Garoppolo, ride him for the whole damn year. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to ride Jimmy Garoppolo until the wheels fall off, right? And that's that's fine because we know the end of it is there's a there's a end date for all this. Like it's it's it is what it is. Um, you brought up 2019. Just something that I went back to look at. Fortnite had 28 touchdowns in the first half in 2019. 28 touchdowns in the first half in 2019. That's literally 14 points a game in the first half. The Niners have not 
reach their potential this year at all in the first half. And part of the first half struggles, I'm pointing at the, the head coach because you scripted your first 24. Like, you you know what your game script is early on in the game. Um, and you're not turning the ball over early in the games either. So it just doesn't make sense to me why they're not scoring. Uh, you brought it up. We are week seven. Brandon Ayuk has eight catches. Eight catches. John Lynch was on KMBR a couple days ago and brought up brought up the Brandon Ayuk situation. He was pressed about it by Larry Kruger. Um, pressed by it. You know, Larry was was getting, you know, some getting some better questions in there because we need answers as fans, right? We need answers as why is this guy not getting targets? Why is he not getting these things? And it's so it's not for lack of hard work because John, you said that. It's not for not not for lack of not knowing the playbook because John, you said that. It's not for injury because we know the hamstring injury is not there. So what's the problem? What is the problem? Right? Like did he did he like pee in your cereal, John or Kyle? Like what is going on here? Um, and then we're watching these other guys. Justin Jefferson is thriving. CeeDee Lamb is thriving. Henry Ruggs, for crying out loud, is getting receptions and, and, and opportunities in Las Vegas. And we know what's going on in Las Vegas. What is going on with Brandon Ayuk? Because there is, for me, there's no reason for him not to be on the field and for him not to be targeted. I know David Lombardi, he brought out his tweet with separation or, you know, his spreadsheet, as some other beat writers want to say. I don't think it's necessarily a separation issue. It, it's it's really not. A lot of that, see, when you pull up separation analytics, where's the context? What routes are being ran? Um, what are those under 10 yards? Are those, you know, o- over 10? Like, what are the routes? You can't just tell me separation without telling me the routes. What's what? What's the context? Is it versus man coverage? Is it versus zone coverage? What is it? Because now I'm just looking at a number. Um, I don't think it's a separation issue with Brandon Ayuk because I do think he is the best natural route runner on this team. Uh, I don't know what it is. John Lynch said it's not hard work. If it's not hard work, then get him the damn ball. It's Randy Moss was able still to get the ball in Minnesota. Randy Moss was still able to get the ball in New England. Bill Belichick's one of the hardest headed coaches in the NFL. And how many times does he still give his best players an opportunity to win? Every time. So, Leo, Leo, look at this. Um, I just pulled it up. Next gen stats. Yards of separation, 1.7 for Brandon Ayuk, right? So let's just start there. Ayuk, 1.7. Eight receptions for 90 yards and one touchdown. Who else has 1.7? Allen Robinson, 21 receptions, 234 yards, one touchdown. Who is slightly above him with yards per uh, yards of separation? Jamar Chase at 1.9. 41 receptions. I'm sorry, 27 receptions, 553 yards. Five touchdowns on 41 targets. This is not a separation problem. This is a target problem. This is what this is. This is a target problem. Either you are, and who knows, I I don't believe they're trying to sabotage the guy, but you're not targeting him enough. Or you don't trust your quarterbacks to get the ball in his hands. Now, with these yards of separation, the, the glossary on it, the definition, so that way people understand it, the distance in yards measured between the wide receiver and tight end and the nearest defender at the time of catch or incompletion. 
So it's it's only based on those targets. So those 15 targets that Ayuk has, he's got 1.7 yards of separation. But when you turn on the tape, when he's not targeted, right, even when he's, he's got a corner trail on him, I don't know how many times he's beat his corner, how many times Lance or Jimmy doesn't see him or miss him, or where is he in the read progression. This is not a separation issue. This is a target issue, and we need to fix it. So you could bring up that separation stat, but what it also counts is when defenses blow their coverage. So, of course, Debo is going to be a lot higher than Brandon Ayuk because Jamal Adams and company blew their coverage and left Debo, what, 15 yards of the nearest defender? So, yeah, that's going to inflate the their separation statistic a little more. Uh, Cooper Cup, when he did that against the Bears, he was open by 15 yards. So, yeah, that's going to inflate it a little more. So this stat is also dependent on blown coverage by the defense. Ah, I'm a big stat guy, so that's why it kind of gets me a little frustrated. I'm a big stat guy, but this one seems a little irrelevant to what's happening with Brandon Ayuk. It's not a separation thing. You said Allen Robertson, Jamar Chase. Those are two guys who are having really, really good first halves of the season, and they're putting up production. They're getting the targets. Brandon Ayuk's not. Oh, and guess what? With Brandon Ayuk, zero yards of receptions against Arizona. He is two for two in those receptions. Two for two, and he had zero yards of separation. So it's not a separation thing. It's the dude could make plays, get him the ball, and uh, it's... And then there's another one. It's just weird. It's weird. Brian Edwards for Las Vegas, who I liked in the draft a couple years ago, former teammate of Debo Samuel, 1.7 yards of separation, same as Brandon Ayuk, 15 receptions. 303 yards on 27 targets. Again, this is not a separation issue. This is a target issue. And this is going, this is, this falls at the feet of Wes Welker. This falls at the feet of Kyle Shanahan. And this falls at the feet of uh, Brandon East quarterbacks, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. Get your best playmaker the ball. Period. Enough. We talked about it so much. And it's at the point to where, you know, there, there's no more words that can be said. You see C.D. Lamb. Yeah, you brought this up, Bobby. Yeah, C.D. Lamb, he does have Ta- Dak Prescott. He does have Dak Prescott. And while Brandon Ayuk was with Nick Mullen, C.J. Beathard, Jimmy Garoppolo for a little bit, and now Jimmy Garoppolo again this year, what step does he need to take, Kyle and John? I don't know what that step is. Is it being a team captain and being a team leader? Well, hell, some players aren't built in year two to do that. Um, I'm not saying that's what it is, but that that's just one example I'm giving. Give the man opportunity and then let everything else help happen organically. Give him opportunity. Everything else fall in line. If you don't give him opportunity, whatever step he's not taking, he's not going to take it. Plain and simple. You know, the, the issue with John's comments, and, you know, I, I hate that this pod has kind of turned into, like, being me being angry all the damn time. But, John, you can't sit here and say we didn't see the strides he needs to take when you roll out, as much as I like Mike McGlinchey, but you're rolling out Mike McGlinchey every week, right? You have tied yourself to Jalen Hurd this long. You have continued to use players who have underperformed for years, and then you're going to sit there and, and call out your first-round wide receiver, which you traded up for, and say he hasn't made the strides we want him to make. 
what strides isn't he making? Because none of your words match up. It's not a practice issue. It's not a health issue. It's not that he doesn't know the playbook. It's an urgency issue was the word he used. What, what urgency does he, what more urgency does he need? He doesn't throw the ball to himself, right? He doesn't call the plays either. So, again, I'm putting this at the feet of Kyle Shanahan, Wes Welker, and the quarterbacks. Get your best playmaker the ball. I'll, I'll close it out on this. Poor Mohamed Sanu. I don't mean to, like, say, oh, Mohamed Sanu, you're not that guy, pal. Um, not, you know, he had a fine career, but since they're both 49ers and Mohamed Sanu has more targets than Brandon Ayuk, let's look at it. Since, uh, you know, that spreadsheet that Lombardi threw out says, Mohamed Sanu gets better separation, and that's probably, you know, that's a factor. Nah, not really. Throw that out the water. Because even with that better distance of separation, Brandon Ayuk, when targeted, his quarterback rating is a 93.7. Mohamed Sanu, when targeted, his quarterback rating is a 79.4. So, Who knew when you use your best playmakers, good things happen. Whatever. Uh, the Colts do come to town. Their defense... Yes, they have really good players on the team. Um, I D four DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, uh, highest paid linebacker in the game. Um, you brought up Blackman, the safety. They have some decent corners. They're okay as a unit. They're they're not too bad. But I'm looking at this 49ers offense. You should be able to score against this team. The Colts DVOA rank on defense is 23rd. Yards per drive, 27th. Points per drive, 26th. Turnovers per drive, fifth. Drive success rate, 28th. Third down conversion rate, 14th. Red zone scoring percentage, 23rd. If Jimmy Garoppolo cannot score against this defense, we have a serious, serious problem. Find your identity, run the ball, use the play action, get him on the move because he was shaking his butt in practice yesterday, moving around pretty good. Roll him out so that way he can see the field and let's drive the ball down the field. Let's make some bigger plays let's take some opportunities here against the Colts defense that is allowing the 27th most yards per drive in the league go take your shots let's make something happen if you get the ball first you need to score first you get the ball second you need to score first score before the half and then come right out of side of the half and score you need to make sure you you double up on this team because your defense is going to do a fairly good job there shouldn't be Paris Paris Campbell should not be playing this week Jonathan Taylor, you're going to have to contain him. T.Y. is not the old T.Y., but they have opportunities here. So the 49ers offense should be able to score against this Colts defense. They should, but I feel like we've had this conversation now for four weeks in a row. When it <laughs> When is it going to happen? And I don't mean to be so, Mr. Pessimistic because, you know, I, I do tend to look on the greener side when it does concern my 49ers, but it's the Colts. They played against Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson averages, what, like six, seven, eight yards a carry? Well, even despite that, the Colts are giving up 3.7 yards per attempt. That's second best in the NFL. The only team that's better is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 3.6. So the Colts are literally a really good run-stopping defense, and and the 49ers, they just got to figure out a way. Now, I do think this is one of the better offensive lines that the Colts are going to face. When when Trent Williams is on, when Lincoln's on, when when um, Mack is on, when Brunskill is on, when McGlinchey is on, in the run game, 
specifically, this is one of the top NFL run-blocking offensive lines. So, you know, that's another factor to look in, but the Colts have done a great job stopping the run, and and is it concerning? A little bit, but do I have confidence in the 49ers to run the ball with that offensive line and then mix in a Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell? Yeah, I do have confidence. I'm not just completely sour over here and be like, oh, the 49ers aren't going to run the ball. No, I, I think you do need to mix in a little bit of Trey Sermon and, and pound that defense a little bit, give give them, um, you know, something to think about. And then Elijah Mitchell just burned past them. And the Colts, they, they also played against Derrick Henry, right? So that's, that's another factor to keep in. And it's like, man, how are they the second best in yards per attempt in the NFL? They're, they're playing against some top-notch running offenses. Um, so I think ultimately the 49ers will be able to run the ball. But Jimmy's going to have to beat this team with his arm. That it's going to come down to that, and that's what I'm afraid of. He's done it. He's done it before. That's a crazy thing. It's he's done it before. He's done it against Arizona. He's done it against New Orleans. He's done it against you know L.A. Rams. Yes, that was mostly 2019, but he's done it before. At least he has it on his resume. Yeah, it exists on the resume. It's fine. We'll be all right. Um, yeah, Sunday Night Football Niners are going to be wearing the red throwbacks, so that's a plus. So the atmosphere should be great. If you're going to the game, I'll be at in attendance section 129. Come buy me a beer, do whatever you want to do, say hi. Um, Leo, we got our buy sell lease options today. What do we got on the uh, the docket for today? Jimmy Ward yesterday spoke that I don't know how the Rams are able to sign all these players, <laughs> um, but they get it done. So that that was in terms of keeping DeForest Buckner. So buy lease sell. 49ers could have found a way to keep DeForest Buckner. Uh, I'm buying that they could have, and they should have. I mean, you can't tell me that you couldn't have. Salary cap is a myth, correct? Yeah, I mean, you there is ways to <laughs> finagle all this stuff. So so with Eric, is this one of those situations where you say that they could have kept him with Eric Armstead? Um, or No, I would have got rid of Eric Armstead. Oh. Because remember the situation was, if anyone remembers correctly, Defoe was a free agent, and uh, Armstead had to be tagged because he was. It was they gave him his fifth year option, so that was his sixth. He was going into his sixth year. You could have tagged and traded him, right? Because that would have been an option. Mm-hmm. Defoe was going into his fifth year. They didn't give him the fifth year option, or they did give him the fifth year option. And they traded him. Um. So I would have traded Armstead, paid Buckner. You still would have been able to pay Ward. You still would have been able to pay Kittle because you would have been able to do the, like those things would still be available to you, right? There was also a whole bunch of stuff around the Buckner situation. If anyone remembers, remember the Niners were trying to sign Austin Hooper, and they had interest in Evan Ingram. Whatever that meant for George Kittle was whatever it meant for George Kittle, but they were looking for cheaper ways around other positions to f- bring Defoe back, right? I had heard during the Super Bowl that that's when the conversation started. It didn't go very well, and then the the uh, combine is when everything kind of went down as far as the Colts and Defoe getting, you know, getting the the trade stuff started. But yeah, you you could you should have and could have gotten this done, and you should have done it. Um, you know, you can't sit here and preach the forty nine away, the forty nine away, and then you send the guy that you send the guy away who's been an absolute rock for you. He hasn't missed a game. He doesn't miss snaps, and you send him away. And not no disrespect to Armstead because he's been playing well, but he's not DeForest Buckner. 
And, you know, the cap hit for 2021 on Armstead is 12, $12.4 million. Next year is $20 million. And then DeForest Buckner, DeForest Buckner's cap hit in 2022 is $16 million. So it's $4, it's $4 million cheaper in 2022 than it is for Eric Armstead. So it doesn't, it, to me, it doesn't make sense. So there's something missing in the story with this whole situation, right? And then 2023, he has no more guaranteed money or 2024, no guaranteed money after that with the Colts for DeForest Buckner. Whereas Eric Armstead's guaranteed money, you know, his dead cap carryover is 11 and a half and then six and a half in 2023 and 2024. So the contract structure for DeForest is much better than what it is for Eric Armstead. So yeah, you could have got this done. You can't tell me you couldn't got this done. doesn't make any sense. And do you think there's a way for both players to be on the 49ers? Because I feel like that's what Jimmy Ward was hinting at a little bit. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think he was hinting at well, Eric should be gone. I yeah, I don't he think he's hinting at Eric should be gone. But I, yeah. I think, I think if you had to choose, I think everyone listening, if you had to choose, you'd pick with DeForest Buckner over Eric Armstead. Yeah, without you wouldn't even think twice. But if yeah. you wanted to keep both of them, then you're probably going to lose Kittle, or, or, I don't know. You could have traded Jimmy Garoppolo after the 2019 season. There's that too. I don't know. Maybe Tom Brady would have taken a cheaper salary if he if if that yeah. was the scenario because he's done it way too many times in the past. Helps yeah. when he has his uh, wife that makes tons of financials to yeah. where he could he could sacrifice a little because she probably makes yeah. more than what his full NFL salary should be without taking pay cuts. Forty um, Niners will have at least ten points at the half. They had seven, 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 and zero. Where are we at on this? I'm gonna buy this. I think they can I think they get ten. I think they get thirteen actually. Oh two field goals. Two field goals and a touchdown. Uh touchdown to who hasn't scored a touchdown yet? <laughs> oh, never mind. He's not playing this week. Um I got Ayuk with a touchdown. Oh because he's gonna get the ball to this week. And then oh. uh Joey Sly with two field goals. So yeah, thirteen thirteen seven to end the half. Niners are up thirteen seven. I'll take thirteen at the half after after dealing with these past four four weeks of seven Anything being the seven cap. Is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll 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 definitely take thirteen at this point. And if it's thirteen, the way the 49ers defense has been playing, signs point that thirteen should have you the lead at the half. So I like it. Buy lease or set. Well, this seems more like a bot. This is this is a used car. So you're either gonna buy or walk the lot on this. Uh, 49ers win this game if they hold the Colts under 20 points. Absolutely, because the Niners will score 24. So, yeah. I think you, I think you can. I think the defense has gotten... I think the performance from the, Cardinal, in the Cardinals game really, really sparked um, some confidence in me as a fan. Like, okay, D'Amico's got this. Like, he, he he's definitely got this. Um, Carson Wentz is not the Carson Wentz of 2017. He's far removed from that. Um, the only, the, the player that's the guy that I'm worried about the most is Jonathan Taylor. And I, you know how much I hate the wide nine. So the Niners are susceptible to some big run plays. So hopefully they fix their gap schemes and things like that on the defensive end. Um, but they did fairly well against Arizona who ran, who, who likes to run the ball. So hopefully that carries over to in this week, but yeah, the Niners can win this game if they hold the Colts under 20. I'm on the same boat with you. The 49ers are currently 2-1 and one when they hold teams under 20. So we'll see with what happens with that. Um, this one, last one. 
buy, lease, walk the lot. There's two very all-pro linebackers sharing the field this Sunday, which is Fred Warner and Darius Leonard of the Colts. Is Fred Warner the best linebacker on the field for this game? And you better say yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to buy it. I'm okay. going to buy it. I, was, I wasn't going to earlier, right? But then I, I went back and looked at something real quick. And I just need Fred to be a little bit more... I, I guess I need more from Fred, right? Like we've seen what you, Fred, you're the leader of this defense, in my opinion. Like this is your defense now. I need you to force a turnover. I need you to force a fumble. I need a big sack from you. Like I need something. Like you, I need the tackles are great, but you need to force a turnover. Like for crying out loud, please. Do you think this is more like you're you're talking about turnovers and just seeing a little more of Fred because you feel like that turned down the dial a bit? With D'Amico Ryans, his linebacker coach as the D.C., are we seeing what was kind of the thing his rookie year where he had so much on his plate and he's having to play with all of that that nuance as well as reaction? Or do you think it's just just some natural regression that he's going to bounce back from? Um, I guess I'm, I'm not going to use the word regression because I, I don't think his game is so off, but... Expectation. I think, I think, yeah. I mean, I mean, D'Amico was his linebacker coach, and D'Amico kept that linebacker room tight knit. Like they were always tight. That was the best unit of the team since 2017. Like that's been their best unit. Even with Ruben Foster and Brock Coyle, they got production out of that guy, right? Um. So yeah, I mean, not having D'Amico in the room primarily is probably affecting the play of the linebackers. And Warner has a lot more on his plate. Like he's got to be. He's a, he's basically a defensive coordinator on the field right now for them. So he's got to be better. Uh, he's got to do all that. So he, he has a lot on his plate. But I, I just need – I need Fred to punch a ball out here this week. Like, just punch one out. Get a turnover. Like, we need turnovers. And I just only have two turnovers on the season. That's terrible. You need to punch the ball out, force interception, force a tip drill, something. Um, but Fred is still playing really good football. Darius Leonard is a really good player, but those two are not in the same class. And I think Fred is a tier above him. Like if I had to, to rank them, it's like Devin White, Bobby Wagner, Fred Warner. Like those are the those are the top three, and then everyone else kind of slides in where they get in after that. And you can or you can organize your top three however you want. But I put Leonard a tier below him, and in this game, he's probably be a tier below him too because hopefully Kyle can confuse him and get him moving with some of this boot action, with some of these pre uh, pre snap motions and things like that. I love it. Yep. I'm going to be wearing my 54 jersey for this game. So I'm going to, I got my Fred in the mail. Um, that, that 94 red. Uh, don't, don't, don't hit me with it's not the 94s, Leo. Yes, my generation. It's the 94 reds. Um, so definitely wearing that out for Sunday. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to head out there Sunday morning. I'm going to do a quick flight Sunday morning, head out to Santa Clara from Texas and come right back Monday. So section 129, row four, that's where I'll be. Um, I will be wearing the Fred 54 throwback, so we'll be. you'll see me out there. Um, Niners need to win this game. Any score prediction before we get out of here, Leo? I'm going to go with 49ers. I'm going to go 23, so that's two touchdowns, three field goals. 23, 2, 13. I think I think it's I think it's ten point victory here for the 49ers. 
that'd be nice. Niners are favored by five. Um, seems kind of high based on how the Niners have played the last couple of weeks, but uh, getting five points, five and a half points, actually. Um, so I'm going to go uh, Niners 24-20. They pull this one out in a close one at the end. Um, all the last couple of Sunday night football games have come down to the wire. So I'm going to go uh, 24-20 and uh, hopefully the Niners walk out of there with a win and they get back on track because they do need to keep pace to make sure they're in a wild card position. This team right now, nine and eight seems like the number to get to. So let's shoot for nine and eight. Anything after that is all gravy. But, uh, you know, Jimmy, just play well this week. That's all I'm asking. Just play well. <laughs> um, but until uh, next week, we'll be back. Make sure you follow everything in Niners Nation Podcast Network. Shout out to Rob, our guy. Shout out to everyone who's listening. We appreciate all the reviews, all the love that you guys do throw our way. We appreciate that. Um, follow us on Twitter at JavierVague underscore. Follow my guy Leo here at Leo Luna 93 And uh, we'll be back after the 49ers win on Sunday. Let's go. Dub? We're taking a dub Sunday night? I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. yeah. let's go. I'm going to have to get a <laughs> beer now. Jesus. Yeah. But uh, we will be back after. Well, not after the game. We'll be back to free all next Tuesday. Um, everyone stay safe. Enjoy the rest of the week. Peace.